Welcome to Athletes to Entrepreneurs, the Alumni Journey. I'm Rob Finkelstein, founder and CEO of Alumni Direct, and we've created a platform to help alumni to network and connect through their affinity groups, whether it's athletes with other athletes, whether it's college alumni, could be Business Alumni Association, uh, but we've created this show to teach and inspire athletes that there is life after sports. It's a major issue today with um, between mental health and financial literacy, and we interview former collegiate professional athletes and get their stories and hopefully to inspire some of these athletes and um, to make an impact in their lives. Uh, today, we're really excited. We have Jeff Byers. How you doing today, Jeff? Very good. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, so Jeff, is a uh, he played college football at uh, USC, and uh, we joked about this the other day. So it's University of Southern California. There's some other schools that use USC, but uh, they're the USC Trojans. <laughs> and uh, then, then he went on to uh, have a career in the NFL with the Carolina Panthers and then got out once he um, had retired from football, got into the biotech space. And ultimately, he's now the CEO of Momentus. So uh, what we're going to do, uh, Jeff, I always talk about um, when you're playing sports growing up, how did that shape you leading up into uh, into high school and ultimately college? Right. I mean, I think sports is a really uh, sports or any kind of extracurricular activity is a great teaching bed for a lot of the really important life lessons. Right. It teaches you how to uh, deal with winning, losing adversity. Um, it teaches you how to work with people, uh, be a teammate. Uh, and it really teaches you. Right. Like commitment. Right. Whether you're playing playing sports or a musical instrument or anything, it takes real commitment to be good. Um, and it's like that in anything in life. Like. If you want to be good at anything, it takes uh, it takes commitment and a lot of dedication. So, I mean, sports to me have been uh, very integral into everything that I've done um, in my life. Uh, and, you know, obviously played the sports as a young kid and and was uh, was really blessed to continue to play sports at a very, very high level. But it's uh, quite a fascinating journey of what sports can do for you. And, uh, you know, I think every day. Um, the decisions I make, how I make decisions, uh, how I respond to uh, winning and losing uh, comes a lot with how I was, you know, how I grew up in sports. Yeah, and I think that that's key. We're going to cover that later because it's just, uh, a lot of times we talk about the DNA of an athlete and just everything that you kind of bring to the table, uh, you know, especially once you're out and finished with your career. So um, when you were growing up, did you want to be a professional athlete? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, like most kids, I dreamed of being a professional uh athlete or a professional of something whether that's you know an actor or a you know musician or a athlete whatever it is like a professional like to to be the peak and definitely i uh i was a huge uh a huge basketball fan growing up um and so not necessarily i mean love love the game of football but i love basketball and prob probably because i grew up in the chicago area like in my really like elementary formative years uh outside of chicago with the 90s bulls and it's like hard not to be a michael jordan 90s bulls fan uh when you're a kid of that era yeah that that, that definitely plays in fact i always joke around and i say that uh i want to be a major league baseball player unfortunately talent wasn't there so here i am doing what i do today uh, mm -hmm. So um, let's let's fast forward. So we'll, um, you know, now uh, when you're in college, one of the things we talk about uh, in, in this whole um, athlete transition out of sports is, is the education side of it. Uh, and I know like you and me, you know, you were at school a little while back. And I'm sure things might have changed. So um, was there education around um, athletes, you know, across all sports at USC talking about um, things that, uh, you know, to look out for in the future? 
I mean, there's definitely, you know, when SC, obviously, we are a really good academic institution um, and have had a lot of, um, we have a lot of resources to bear. But I would say one of the big things uh, is you have to have a willing kid um, to be able to take care of it, to take advantage of those resources. And they can be the best resources around. But if you don't have the right DNA and you haven't taught uh the kids from right when they're getting recruited in here are the resources here's how we help you and then continue to indoctrinate them about life after sports um it doesn't matter how great your resources are if you can't convince and if the coaching staffs um aren't involved and aren't supportive of it as well it, it needs to be a, a, a cross spectrum so at usc we obviously have great we've we had great resources when i was there they're even better now um when you think about that but still the same challenges exist today as they did a decade ago and two decades ago. Um, and it's really that challenge is how do we communicate to the student athlete um, that they are a student as well and and provide them not with just the right resources, but with the right mental state and attitude to go in to say, hey, there's going to be life after ball, life after X. Um, and it doesn't start in day one. It, it starts, you know, in the recruitment process, most likely in my perspective and how we recruit athletes and how we reward the athletes that care about that as well, but also how do you get them in the system right away and continue to think about life after sport. But then it's the coaching staff, it's the other people around the the team that it's just like, oh, you're not in your little athlete bubble. You're in right yeah. uh this bubble as a whole. And it's and it's hard, right? Like I I I probably failed at it initially as an athlete. It, right coming in as a true freshman and you just get you, like as a football player you have these grand dreams of what you're going to do and and school and life after doesn't necessarily always take the right path or the right priority yeah and and um i, I think one, one of the key things you said there too i guess it, you know obviously it's up to the athlete as well i mean if the, if the resources there are and they're not necessarily utilizing not purposely, just because of, you know, the time and you kind of zoned into your sport. Um, I had one guy I was talking to um, one of our previous podcasts and he talked about, uh, he said it would have been great if he had maybe a, like a four week workshop or, or like a semester where athletes were kind of almost forced to take this and it covered all the different, you know, the, the mental health and the financial literacy and networking, connecting career services and things like that. And he said it, it would have made more of an impact if he had something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think looking back, like all those things, again, to me, it's the willingness of it. And I think it really is, you know, uh, I think about the football program and and, and what that is. Uh, if the coaches push it, it's going to work, right? And if the coaches aren't bought in and the staffs aren't bought in to what it is, then it's going to uh, it's going to struggle. I think other I think other sports are actually way more um progressive open about it because there's not as clean of a pipeline, right? Like, and then in, in college football, right? Like it is life, right? If you're a college football player and, you know, if you're a, a men's or women's soccer player, it's a little different, right? Like most of my, my perspective is most athletes in other sports are way more oriented towards 
academia and understand that there's a there is something after sport and i think in in my in my sport there's a a lot of blinders that get put on um and it's like life is football football is life um and that mentality has to be changed but it has to be changed in all sports because there you know, like people fall through the cracks in all places but um it i do believe right like if it's a four week workshop or what whatever it may be i do it is make sure that you have the right resources in place and make sure that the people who influence these kids are the ones that are promoting it and sharing stories and 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 sharing why it's so important that these things are being done um and it's not just you know the academic uh you know student athlete academic services centers and things like that they're saying these are great those people mean nothing to an athlete um realistically um unless they are being supported and promoted by the coaching staffs and the people higher up in the in the org yeah no that 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 makes that makes a lot of sense uh another area that we talk about a lot is um is alumni engagement and so kind of, you know, I'm going to hit this in a couple areas with you. So when I guess we'll take two parts, one, when you were there uh, at USC, as far as other alumni coming in, and then we'll, we'll cover the future um, after that. So uh, when you were there and it, people always talk about alumni coming back for, you know, uh, golf tournaments, different things like that. But was there alumni involvement uh, encouraged by the school? And uh, did they come back to not not just to to like talk to you guys, but maybe mentor and talk about careers, possibly jobs? Yeah, I think USC is super unique in that sense that uh, I have a very deep alumni base um, and pretty prominent, both from a professional athlete Olympian standpoint, but also just uh, a very good uh, feeder into kind of life for sports or business, et cetera. And so there was a lot of access, um, a ton of access. I don't know. Um, and being based in LA, like there's millions and millions of people. There's no like shortage of opportunities or people to talk to. Um, there were always people around um, and ability to take advantage of that. Now, whether people did or not um, is another story. But from my perspective, I felt like I always had access to both athlete, um, former athletes, but also just people that were, right have been successful that came out of usc in a very meaningful way and that could be you know ceos founders entrepreneurs you know executives or whatnot i felt like we had a tremendous uh tremendous access as athletes but again it comes down to can does that athlete want to take advantage of it or not because as an athlete you have way more access than when you're not and the second you're not an athlete a lot of your access leaves and so one of the things i learned really early on was you can take advantage of that and you can build really deep networks before you need to walk, before you walk away from a game or a sport, um, et cetera. And I think that's a really important mentality to have is when you have the access, you got to take advantage of it and you have to build that network because once you, once you walk away, leave sport, access becomes a little harder. Um, and people really want to help and support while you're an athlete. Uh, so yeah, I mean, we had tremendous, access usc is a unique one um on that and and i would say it's it, like it's still not perfect um for many sense but uh i do you know i do believe there's a lot uh usc is unique in that sense just because like the trojan family but where it's located right and just the willingness of that uh of that academic base to give back right now that, that's uh 
And uh, I think that the one thing that you really hit on, which which I talk about, is that that you took advantage of it and and knowing networking while you're still playing, getting to know people. Because that, that's one of the things we talked about. I was talking to an agent and he said the best time for players to be uh, networking is when they're still playing. And he said, unfortunately, a lot of players fail to do that. Uh, and I'm glad that you you mentioned that because that is great advice to athletes is that, you know, take advantage of your network, you know, whether it is other athlete alumni or whether it's just alumni in general. And I think even starting like in high school, I mean, just, you know, getting to know people and and be willing to do that. Yeah, 100 percent. It, it's it's this uh, sports don't define me. I define me and making sure that sports is a part of us, but it's never the sole thing that defines any human. Um, and if you have, if you, it's a little shift in mentality and it's very hard, um, especially when you're a collegiate athlete and performing at a very high level that you don't let that sport define you, um, in a major way, like it needs to shape you, but it can't be you. Um, and we, we, as athletes, really uh, identify as athletes um and that's our only identity and that that it, it hinders some of our ability to go do some of these other things um and take advantage of the access when we have it and give back and you know focus on school and things like that and we all have inflection points in our lives that require or that 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 shift us right um, some of us have really interesting inflection points, super young that allow us to realize, oh, there's, uh, there's, there is life after ball in, in, in my words. Um, and then some people don't realize that shift till, till they're done and retired. And it's a hard shift regardless of when it happens. Um, you know, sometimes you're first forced to give up uh, a sport younger than you want. Sometimes you're forced to like have an epiphany of like, oh man, I need to take things seriously because I can see how sport can be taken away from me. And other times is you walk away from the game and you're like, now what? Uh, because you've thought about it for so long um, and that was your focus. But it's really, I think that's what's so important is if we can get the people you know, that these young kids are looking up to these 18 to 22 year olds, right? in their formative years to like say, this is important, right? Having alumni come back that have been very successful, that have transitioned out well or not well, right? And have the coaching staffs and these performance staff support it, not just the academic staff, right? It, it is, you know, they need, like, as an 18 year old kid, you need to be able to see yourself in somebody and you need to be able to see what that future could look like. Both here's the ultimate success path that you could take, but also here is the path that is, is as likely or more likely that you probably will take um, and understand those are the different inflection points and what little things can you do now? And then make sure that there's space given to you, that athlete by a coaching staff. Uh, Cause I assume almost all universities have really good, you know, student athlete academic services programs and things like that. Maybe they aren't doing an awesome job bringing alumni back in, but they can, and they should, right. You got to have the resources, right. And then you got to be able to give them the space and invest in that and encourage that. It just can't be here. Are the resources go figure it out. Right. You know, not one 18 year old kid figured it out. They might all raise their hands and say they figured it out, but very few have ever figured it out. Like I'm still trying to figure it out. You're still trying to figure it out yeah. in this thing called life. So. Yeah, no, that, 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 that's for sure. So was there, um, 
it, just curious from a um, from the NFL perspective, is there? I mean, I know there's um, you know NFL alumni and this players association all that, but but is there is there a push uh, towards any the education at the NFL level? And, and if so, is it taken advantage of or by by some of the players or just kind of I guess player by player? It's definitely player by player. I mean, there are great resources to bear. Um, there, I mean, they really are. They've invested heavily in it. Um, but again, it's it comes down to the player. It comes down to the athlete and whether you choose to take advantage of that or not. Like, for instance, I don't leverage very many alumni services at all, right? Um, and that's just kind of where I am in my career um, and where I was when I left. Like, when I retired from the NFL and I walked away from the game, I had my master's already, um, and I knew what I was going to do. I had a longstanding job offer, which did it turned out what I didn't want to do, but um, ended up getting into the area and what I was really passionate about. But I was set up a little differently, where it's like, hey, continuing education. Like I had, I had my MBA from U, uh, from USC. Um, and it's like I didn't need additional um, that, but I, I did use some of the, the money that they had for continuing ed, but they have great workshops, et cetera. But again, it comes down to the player. And I will say in the NFL, it's like, you know, the PA comes in, the players association comes in and it's like, Hey, you should be taking advantage of this. And, you know, 50% of the guys are sleeping. 50% of the guys are interested. Um, and it just, where, where guys are in their life, what they've seen, um, et cetera, it has like, doesn't matter what college you went to like you could go down and be like you would never be able to pick if you just looked in the room who who it was um but it's just it all is circumstances because everybody has a jolt maybe they tore their acl last year and it was like oh man i gotta get ready for what's next or maybe one of their friends retired last year and really struggled and they're like hey take advantage of it and maybe they just you know they're fat happy and you know Happen, don't don't think any of that will happen to them. They're going to make a hundred million dollars and never have to do a thing in their life. Um, and so it's just it's really interesting where where it falls and how people do it. But there are great resources to bear. That I mean, the NFL Players Association and the NFL in general has a great has a great system. But I will say the biggest thing in the NFL is the access you have to people, network, etc. Like you can build such a strong. Uh, relationship of of humans um and you can actually do a lot of goodwill in the world too uh around that but it's how do you leverage that and like start to find what people do you want to be associated with what people don't you because a lot of people want to be associated with you at that time um right. and it's just kind of leveraging that to your benefit um is an incredibly valuable asset that a lot of people a lot of pro football players don't get right um because very few people retire from the NFL and have like a recognizable name that's still going to be able to get them places. Right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that all the time. I mean, it's one thing if you're uh, if you're Tom Brady uh, or, or some of these other, you know, well-known names, but you're right. I think it's, uh, but the key, I guess, to your point is just taking advantage of it. So, you know, whether it's the college time, whether it's in, you know, coming out as a professional athlete, um, that's pretty critical. So let's talk about the hot topic today uh, of uh, NIL name image likeness. And I know when you were playing, it, it, it didn't exist or <laughs> sometimes we say it existed in a different format, a different way. But uh, talk about your thoughts uh, of positive and negative. Yeah, I mean, 
I, you know, I have some old school, old school thoughts here uh, on it, but ultimately I think it can be can, uh, really impactful for the student athlete. My biggest fear is how do we think about NIL affecting, uh, right? Like creating bigger haves and haves nots in, in the NCAA. And when, when I think about what NIL has the potential to do, it has the potential to leave a lot of sports on the, on the back foot and then put a few on the front foot and create this bigger separation. Uh, but I also think if done right, we can really enhance athletes uh, across the university by creating equal opportunities for all student athletes to get a, a lift um, in here. So NIL is really, you know, to me, it's a very, uh, it, it's a bit Wild West is definitely getting uh, getting transformed. And I think some universities are doing a really incredible job at it around how do we make sure we resource athletes appropriately and not just a very small portion of them um, in there. And, and I think that is the challenge, right? Like one of the things yet to be seen is, hey, if we're, you know, if there's $20 million going into NIL at USC, as an example, use my old monitor, is that $20 million less that's going into the, into the athletic department? And if that's $20 million less going to the athletic department, guess what they're not doing? They're not cutting the football budget. They're not probably cutting the basketball budget. They're probably cutting all the other budgets right and that has a very big impact when i think about what what does that mean for college athletics because yes football makes money yes basketball makes money at a lot of programs but the rest of the sports right it's not like that's not the point of the ncaa and collegiate athletics right it is right it is a student athlete you have all of these and if we start taking away resources from men's and women's volleyball or men's and women's swimming or men's baseball women's softball at a lot of these programs right like couple hundred thousand dollars is meaningful. And if you say, if it's a $20 million spread, like that $20 million is going away from somewhere, right? Like athletic departments run a budget, right? And if you're $20 million under budget, money is going to be stripped from somewhere. And it's not going to be stripped from football, most likely, and probably not from men's basketball. And therefore, I think it's an incredible disservice. Now, don't know if that's happening. Don't know if that's going to happen. That's one of my hypotheses, that it could happen, right? Like if, you know, me as an alumni own a business, I'm going to give a million dollars a year to the school, or I'm going to give a million dollars a year to NIL, right? Maybe it's not, maybe I give two, I don't know. Don't know what that fits. So I have some fear around that um, because I think that's real. And then I think really when you, when it comes down to how are we buying players, it became, it's become this massive free agency play, which I think is a, it can create challenges, um, right? Uh, and I think there's other rules like, you know, the you don't have to sit out a year to transfer, but uh, I don't love the aspect of the free agency that has become collegiate sports and how we're, how that is like, you know, obviously worked very well for my alma mater um, in, in the past year as Lincoln Riley came in and was able to bring in uh, and like really transform the team and the talent in that team. Um, but I think that has a challenge when you think about how do you think about loyalty and then how do you think about some of these uh, lower level teams, you know, not perennial top 10, top 15 teams. They have a good player or two, right? They're just going to get recruited to the best. And they're just, again, how do you think about this gap widening in terms of the haves and haves nots? You know, if USC can pay 
you know, the top defensive lineman, $3 million on NAL. But that top defensive lineman was at Ball State, right? Like he's not staying at Ball State. He's going to USC right. next year. Um, and what does that do to Ball State? Uh, it creates a lot of challenges. Anyways, uh, but I do I do worry about what it does to the equality in sports, men's and women particularly. I think it's a I think it's a tremendous thing for athletes. I just want to make it, I just believe it needs to be um needs to be pro, uh done the right way. And some programs, right, are using it to help walk-ons, right? Some programs are using it to, you know, get athletes across their entire org deals of like, hey, how do you get an extra hundred bucks in your pocket every month? And I think those are really meaningful things as you think across it. Um, and I also think some of these bigger players that are striking some of these deals have the ability to influence some of that and be like, hey, yeah, I'll take a million dollars, but what if we gave everybody in the entire athletic department X or Y? Um, and I think I think there's some really cool things that could happen as well. And I and these obviously we're also teaching these players how to responsibly go build a brand, um, or not responsibly. Uh, but I think it teaches really couldn't teach really great life lessons here. So anyways, I, NIL is Wild West. Uh, we've done some work as a company in NIL um, and really thinking about how do we make sure we're we're doing NIL right um, as well. Like, you know, for us, democratizing high performance is a big mission of our business. And like, that means spreading it out as well. Right. And, and that's great. I think this this spread out because I, I could see and uh, maybe just kind of a follow-up do you, do you see like any animosity towards teammates, like where you've got this one, you know, one or two teammates that are making all this money through NIL and the rest of the team isn't? I don't, I don't know. I, you know, me as a player, don't care, right? Like, me, like, uh, always want the best to get paid. Like, you know, like, you want your top guys and you want your top performers to always have access um, and to be happy. Uh, and there might be some. To, to me, I, I think it's more if there's if there starts to be a separation of, you know, oh, look at what they get versus what what they like if if it actually starts taking away from people rather than value add like, hey, I don't care if somebody else is getting paid as long as I'm not getting something taken away from like if I have to take a step back, that's the challenge, right? Like if you're requiring other programs and other people to move backwards in their ability to perform or the compensation or whatever they're getting, um, then I think that's a problem. As long as you're staying on, on a level playing field and these people are moving forward because of their skills and their ability, totally fine with that. But it's my fear is, right, uh, if people are getting paid really handsomely for what they do and what they should be getting paid, but then it's then it's taking away some of these other student athletes' abilities, then I think it's a problem. I don't think that's happening. I don't know if I think it's too early to understand yeah. what does the giving cycles look like because there's so many macro trends and the environment plays a fact into how people give and and that as well. Yeah, right. it, it, you're right. Yeah. There's there's a lot to it. And I think um even on the on the side of um from an education standpoint and and you know, the big thing is the financial literacy, just like for these athletes to know what they need to do and that they got to pay tax and do other things. That, that's usually the big thing that uh, when I ask that question, a lot of that time comes across is that, uh, you know, what do they do and do they know what to do with it? So um, let, let's uh, let's switch gears and let's talk about 
um, transitioning out of sport. So you, you know, you've faced it twice in a sense. Um, so, so I want to kind of hear like you're transitioning out of college football into the NFL and then ultimately transitioning out of the NFL and into, uh, into what you do today. Yeah. I, I would say I had a really unique situation, um, as uh as a really young collegiate athlete um i started as a true freshman on a national championship team and i blew my hip out and ended up having two hip surgeries and two back surgeries post my freshman year um and so i missed my whole second year and my whole third year um from an athlete perspective and i also you know had really good a pretty pretty blessed family situation in terms of like like we cared about uh they they really pushed academics and, and such so um i took school very seriously after my freshman year after i got hurt it was kind of at a pivotal moment was told by a doc that hey i'd probably never play again if i did it would be a very different player um and and, ha- and should have lower expectations on my on my ability and um you know went went to the dean of the business school and was basically like all right i'm here what am i going to do so i got I, I graduated undergrad in three years got accepted into the marshall school of business um essentially as a 21 year old and then got my mba while i was still in a scholarship um and so when i was done playing football at usc i also got my mba in, in, in that fall and so always had uh like I, I had a really unique you know side shock right i had this inflection point young right that was like football is getting taken away from me what the hell do i do um and was lucky to leverage the network at usc etc and have a very strong academic institution to fall on and people um and support and resources to to help me um i you know anyway so did that so i always you know, and the the former dean of the business school at USC kind of made me do a, a deal with them. And he said, "Why do you want to go play in the NFL?" And I said, "Well, I was a boy. I dreamt of being a professional athlete. Like, and and but but it wasn't a don't go. It was a you've sacrificed a lot to be able to get your master's and all of this. What are you going to do to make sure that when you retire from the NFL that you didn't make all like right? You didn't do all this sacrifice." to for nothing right uh and that was a really interesting thing right and i kind of made a commitment hey i'll i'll stay relevant right i'll i'll try try my best to do as much as i can so that when i retire i'm ready to go um right and i've taken advantage of my of my mba and my academic uh, education so anyways transitioning from from college to the nfl i mean honestly it's it, it was it's hard right i mean you go from you go from being, you know, a college athlete kind of running the show as an old guy on on a campus to in the mix, like, you know, and I call it grown ass men. Um, and, you know, I was an older, uh, an older rookie, um, but you're playing with 35 year olds that, right, have been doing this, you know, a long time um, at that level. And, uh, you know, just what's the routine uh you know how do you how do you make space and time um but also how do you think about the future was something very important to me so transition was uh right uh, sport is sport i mean obviously the level of play is very different um and incredibly hard and it is like in football in college 
you know, you might not be playing, but you most likely are still in at that university, like until unless you do something really bad. And then fell, you're gone. Right. And they rotate people out and you see people move a lot. And I got cut twice in my in my NFL career, um, which was short, not long at all. I played for four years. I practiced for a lot of those um, and played for a little bit of those. Um, and so, yeah, the transition is is very is very different and very hard. Um, I think it is whether you're, you know, a journeyman like me or if you're a superstar. Right. Uh, and you know, money, financial literacy, but also fame and all of that make it incredibly challenging to transition out um, and to make sure you keep a level head and understand what's really important to you, both short and long term is is really, really important. Yeah. And then how about um, once you, um, you know, when you finish playing the NFL? So, I mean, in, in your case, I mean, it's fantastic. I mean, you had just the, the great education behind you and you know, you were ready to go. And, and like you said, I think it sounds like they kind of prepped at USC too. It's just like, okay, life after sports, you're, you're ready to go. So um, any, any advice that you would uh, give to athletes uh, on either side of it, coming out, transitioning out of college or, or fellow professional athletes? Yeah. I think one of the things uh, that people do is like, Oh, I'm going to take my time and transition. Um, I actually think that's, I, I don't believe in that. Um, I believe you got to jump in. And as athletes, you're always used to doing and experiencing and learning, right? And the more gap you have from, right, having real sense of accountability and doing, and then actually having accountability and sense of doing, I think, is a struggle. Now, very few things are you going to jump into and you're going to love, right? And some of it you have to realize, like, what is it that I love? What is it that I don't? Because we as athletes need to fill a gap, right? And the biggest, hardest challenge from not being an athlete, uh, for being an athlete to not be an athlete is how do you fill that void that being an athlete led? And I believe we have to find that. And the longer it takes to find, it's actually the harder. The longer we take off, the harder it can be to find. So I think you need to jump into something. And knowing that that something might not be it, um, but you have to really say, what do I love? What's really important to me, right? And know your why, and I call it your purpose or your why, and then you need to go find it, right? And it's okay to jump into something, realize you don't want it and jump into something else um, as well. And this isn't like fine, but you need to find what fits your why, right? And it's going to take time as well. And I think the other thing from an athlete perspective that is incredibly hard is you go from, a lot of athletes go from being, right? the top of their game. And then when you get into business, right, it's an evolution. Like you're starting again in like top Warner football or like, right? Like you got to learn those, you got to learn those skills, but you have an advantage. Athletes have an advantage where they can jump a lot faster than most people. And you have to think about, well, what do I want to do in 20 years? What's going to be important? And it's having that mindset and how do I make diligent progress and have an open conversation and dialogue? So I think it's important to jump into something, realize that it might not be right. I did it, right? Like I had a longstanding job offer in finance, right? In my, essentially my entire NFL career, I jumped into it. And I realized really quickly that this is not what I wanted to do long-term in my life. And it wasn't because I couldn't make a lot of money, could make a ton of money. It wasn't, it wasn't because I didn't like the people I was working with, right? It was because it, it did not fill the void that I had, right, in me of like what I loved about sport and what I loved about my last, you know, 15 years uh, was 
I love this incredible sense of accountability, right? This building, building teams, having um, a, a, a real stress, right? Real uh, fear, um, like like the, in, in me around, like I want to perform and I want to be the best. I want to build and I want to do, I want to take risk. I want to, um, and so for me, it was finding what was really important to me. And what I found was that was like, early stage, building a business, growing a business and leading a business, right? Is what I really wanted to do. And it wasn't just, Hey, I can make a lot of money in finance and build a small team. Like I wanted to build a team. I wanted to think about, uh, right. I wanted to think about taking chances and, and having a really deep sense of accountability, not necessarily just being right a piece and doing the same thing every day. Right. That wasn't what I wanted. Some people love that. Um, but it wasn't me. And it took me a little bit to figure it out. Uh, so I think it's important to jump in, right? Test your, test your strength, test your muscle. Like, what do you want to do? Figure it out. And, uh, you, you don't necessarily do that sitting on the sidelines, right? You do that being in the game. And I think it's really important, um, to go test that. And hopefully as an athlete, you were able to leverage summer internships or job shadowing or any of that while you were still playing. So you have a sense of like, this is the, like, this is the area. You're not like huge wide aperture, but a little bit narrow and you're just kind of navigating within that. Uh, but I do believe it's jump into the deep end, right? If you're not in the game, you're not in the game and you never know. You're like, until you get into something, you will never know if it's a good or a bad fit. You won't, right? And then you got to know your why, like, what, did, what do you love? Um, and, you know, maybe you, maybe you just want to make a good, good life, right. And coach high school sports. Maybe you want to, you know, be something different or like what you want to chase. You truly want to try to be the best and it, like, uh, or you want to be a CEO or you don't like there's, it's not for everybody. Right. And so I think it's finding out like, what do you love? jump in, go figure it out, start navigating, play the game. Um, and that's the only way, you, way you're going to get in, but you don't, you don't learn or you don't know from the sidelines. Yeah, no, that, that that's great. And I mean, I think the key there is uh, with two things, one, the passion, and then also, like you said, let's just get off the sidelines. And, and I think that, you know, I had one, one uh, gentleman was um, ultimately was the CEO uh, for two uh, successful um, fortune 500 companies and he just he implored athletes to use that skill set that, that he just uh, focused on there. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, what you're doing today. So I mean, well, you won finance, but ultimately getting in and, and the CEO of uh, Momentus. Talk about Momentus, and uh, I always uh, joke around. This is kind of like your your corporate commercial here, but I, I know you're doing a lot of great things for athletes, helping them out. So to, uh, you know, tell us that story. Yeah, so uh, I'm the co-founder of a company called Momentus. Uh, we're a leading uh, nutrition supplementation company. We work with 200, uh, 200 pro and college sports teams. We've won 10 uh, uh, government Department of Defense innovation contracts, and we have a very, really, a very large consumer business as well now where we sell direct-to-consumer, et cetera. And we really, our consumer business is focused on what we call life optimization. And so it's, we, we think about four key pillars of optimization. One is sleep, uh, two is athletic, three is is cognitive and four is what we what we call health span which is really right general wellness and there's it's kind of the catch-all bucket um but we've taken a very different approach in this space and trying to be the 
non-supplement supplement brand and how do we work with experts and the practitioners and really lead with them and say, let's build a curated portfolio of products and create education and guidance around that. And so uh been a really fun journey. Uh, we've worked with some of the best minds in the world. Uh, very blessed to be in that. I'm very passionate about high performance, uh, not from an just from an athlete perspective, but from a life perspective. Um, it's something that, you know, post NFL career, I jumped into early stage biotech after finance. And really that biotech kind of spun us into this business uh, five years ago, where it was, how do we build the next generation, the next great high performance um, company, right? The next gen high performance company and and nutrition and supplementation is very much at its core in, a, in an industry in a space that's pretty sharp, that has a lot of charlatans. Um, and how do we bring science and data and experts and guidance to light rather than just be like everybody else? It, it needs a big shift because one of the things I saw as an elite athlete is you had access to the best practitioners, you had access to the best products, right? And all of that was kind of led by experts in science. But when I left the NFL, I couldn't find any of that. I didn't know where to go. Right? You talk to your buddies, you Google search, um, and it's like, how do you get through this sea of craziness? And that is really one of the big genesis for what is momentous and why do we work with who we work with. That's great. And so you said it's... um uh, direct consumers well so is it something that's that's sold retail or is it all online we're we're mostly like we're 90 percent uh online and amazon essentially we have our websites live live momentous.com um and then uh same on amazon essentially okay great and then you sell and you said like you know directly to sports teams as well which is great yeah, that's that's a really strong part of our business, uh, and we've had a lot of success with that. We we have uh, we have really great connections and relationships in that space, but it's really where we built the business before we transformed it into a direct to consumer business. Gotcha. So uh, you mentioned uh, where, your website. Where else can people find you? Yeah, uh, you can find me LinkedIn. It's only social media. We we are, and the company is Live Momentous on most social media channels as well. Right. And I, I, I always joke around about it because I'm like, you know, it's old school saying, hey, give me like www. But yeah. uh, now we'll, we'll have all this in the show notes. And uh, Jeff, this has been uh, great uh, speaking with you. Uh, you can find us on alumnidirect.com. You can follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, Instagram and follow the show. I mean, we're, we're on uh, our YouTube channel as well as uh, across all the different podcast networks. But I think this is a, a major issue today. And uh it's it's inspiring as I continue to talk more and more athletes and, and hear their story and uh and, and we really want to make an impact. So definitely uh, like and follow us on these different channels. So uh thanks again, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Grace. See you, Rob. Take care.